Hey all, welcome back to another episode of the A's and D's podcast. Um, today's episode is going to be focusing on what's really acceptable and unacceptable in terms of cultural practices. Um, so we're talking about, you know, UK versus uh, UG. Um, you might hear some disturbing things, but I hope you enjoy and you learn and understand and just a disclaimer this is very based on our experiences and yeah let's get into it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's actually um such a weird thing there's a massive disparity between what is acceptable in the uk and completely outrageous to ugandan people in uganda and what's acceptable here as well like there's no in between there's very few things that are like completely aligned yeah you're definitely right Ida. So, the topic we're going to start off with today is one that's quite sensitive, Um, so that's just a warning to all our listeners. Um, We're going to discuss FGM, which is female genital mutilation. Um, If you're not familiar with the term, this involves the partial or total removal of any sort of female genitalia, or just any injury to that area that's not for medical purposes. Um, it can cause severe pain, bleeding, you know, it's not, a, it's not a light experience for a woman. And the reason we want to discuss this is because it's happened to a few of us, um, not in the most extreme sense, but, you know, when we get into it, we realise that it is a form of mutilation and it's something that's happened in Ugandan culture. And now looking at it from our British eyes, I guess, um, we kind of are kind of unpacking that topic and why it happened and what it means and why people do this cultural practice. Um, maybe we'll just start with some personal experiences <laughs> to let you listeners understand what happened to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so in my experience, and maybe not all of you at the table know this, but um, when I was uh, younger, maybe at the age of, 10 is it 10 or 11 roughly around that that, age um my (laughs) my cousin at the time was looking at after us and basically you know she came up to me she's like well you know i think it was after i got my period actually no i think it's before you get your period oh okay um odd (laughs) but we'll talk about that later um but yeah so she came up to me um and i remember i don't think it was with you uh, cooler I think it was just myself at the beginning and she sat me down and she's like you know so you know at, the, at this age you need to do this thing um and you know it's called pulling and and then she went on to explain what pulling is which um basically you have to elongate the labia mm-hmm. um the two labias and you just have to keep tagging at them basically and like pulling 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 yeah so basically she explained that you have to keep pulling until they're both the length of you you know a quarter of your pinky finger um which is quite long so it has it can't be like someone else it has to be measured on your actual fingers so if you have some really long fingers (laughs) yeah you're gonna be going at it a lot but and also she also explained that you know this is something that's done privately um, you know, no boys must know about it. Um, you have to keep it to yourself. Um, I remember at the time, 
you know, our neighbors who were quite close to our family, um, the girls were also doing it, but they had stopped because they were maybe they were, I don't know if they were older, I don't think so, but they started a little bit earlier than we did, well, at least than I did. So they, I didn't know that they were going through this until I started doing it because then we started talking about it, but not talking about it in like, oh, why are we doing this? This is not okay, but like, we'll get together. I remember that, um, that we would be put in in you know in a bathroom and then we would like pull um you know our labias and maybe the to <laughs> to ease the pain they would give us like these herbs um you know yeah and these herbs basically they would ground them um and then whilst they were soft like sort of like a spinach you know when it withers um then you would have to apply them onto the labias and then pull and it stings like hell ugandans at least at the time at least in my experience believed that the hubs helped with the pain but they really didn't and uh, it hurt and you would be in tears like crying trying to figure out why on earth am i doing why am i put, inflicting this pain on myself and i <laughs> i think at the beginning like my cousin like did, showed me how to do it only obviously because she had already done it um didn't really explain why why i was doing this but except that you know every woman every ugandan woman has to do it that's the explanation i got and yeah um so just to add a little bit more information on what um dana has said i also had um it was done to me as well um i probably at the same age when i turned 10 um so basically what happens with that is um it's not a one day thing that you do and then all of a sudden it's gonna go to yeah. the length that it's supposed to be so it's something that you constantly have to do until it gets to that length yeah so imagine every single day you're in pain and um mainly when we had to do it it was during the school holidays so you can you can imagine <laughs> every single time i go back home for school holidays i know i'm gonna have to do this yeah and um that I literally hated going back home because I would prefer to just stay at school and not have to do that. Yeah. And also, I think the other thing is that I was told is every single time you have your period, they sort of go back a little bit. What the so hell? you have to continue. You have to pull. To, yeah. So every single time you have your period, you basically have to do it so that it doesn't go back in. During and your period? No, no, no. After your period, oh. you have to do it every time because it goes back in a little bit so yeah. you have to i'm sorry how it. does the blood go with the muscle of the, that like, i don't, don't know i think how, where is the, logic? the science i think there i think no they science. shrink yeah, just there's no science, in their head. No science. <laughs> they i think they shrink and say for example yeah. if you pull today and then you didn't do it for a week then they you they would shrink yeah. back in because yeah you yeah. have to keep exercising yeah also guys i'm like just so intrigued that i actually feel in pain hearing this conversation it hurts um what made you trust your cousin to the extent where you did it on your own? Do you know what I mean? I would listen and be like, sure, and then not do it. I just want to understand what made it you must so be. set that you have to do it. But surely, because you're that young, it's easy to manipulate a young person. Yeah, yeah it is. And at this age, we can sit here and be like, yeah, F you, you're mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but at young age, you're just going to do what your older cousin tells you. But it's also someone young. Like, fair enough, your mum or your auntie, but I just feel like... It's also someone young, so you could, you would listen, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have the discipline to do it every day. But, but these guys were like, 
I think oh, yeah. you just, you just get told that it's normal. That's what you have yeah, to do. Yeah. You don't yeah. know any different. And it's interesting listening to Cooler and Dana's story because at least you had like a group of people where you yeah. knew that was happening. Yeah. yeah I had a different scenario because mine started at the exact same age, but I was already in the UK. Um, so this was taught to me by an older member of the family, you know, so they did have that authority figure and I assumed I just had to do it because they told me I had to do it. And then they showed me how to like pull, but because I was reluctant, I think they had to do it most of the time and it was, it's, it's <laughs> excruciatingly painful. You are in tears, but I didn't have anyone to speak to about it. And at that age, I only had um, male cousins. So it'd be like exactly like you guys, summer holidays. Yeah. But I would then be locked in a room for the whole day because I'd be in tears mm. for like most of the day mm. um, and like trying to recover from the pain. Mm. And I knew I couldn't speak to the boys about it because I knew they weren't being put in the same room as me. Like we did yeah. everything together. So I knew this specific thing I was doing on my own because I was a girl mm. um, and I couldn't share it with them. I wasn't told don't share it with them, but it's just like the secrecy of it, even being called into the room and mm. come here the very first time it happened. You have to do this. Let me show you. And then I wasn't doing it right. So they, you know, this older member of the family was showing me how to do it. Um, and then even when I was crying, I was told to stop crying. It was just mm. like, it was such a private, but almost shameful act. Mm. Um, and in some sense, I wish I had like that sense of not community, but like other girls that I could speak to about it because then mm. I'd know it was normal. Yeah. The uh, thing is, um, I don't, they told us that they're also doing it, but I don't remember us discussing with, with them. Mm. I think everyone just kept it to themselves because obviously you're in pain. You're going through this like um, thing that's happening to you. You don't really like feel like you want to share it with everyone. And obviously some people did believe in it and um, en- sort of enjoyed doing it because mm. they knew what... Um, what the purpose was it for what the purpose was yeah. and i think they did tell us that it's supposed to sort of like um it's meant to entice the men during sex mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah because it rubs onto their uh, penis <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah i heard that as well i heard that like creates heat which is different to what a regular vagina would do so that it's like more intense for them so mm. it's like this is all for male pleasure which makes me angry yeah also yeah. i want to retract the statement normal there's nothing normal about this practice Honestly, no. the fact that we're talking about going into tears and being embarrassed and the whole shame thing, um, mm. I did never want to call that normal. It was something we had to do that we now look back on and we're like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Did you guys look at it like and think it was a Ugandan thing or did you just think this is just something that females do? Because hearing it from your side and the D side, I'm, I'm a bit confused where you, what you were thinking it was, was happening. Mm. Like, why were you doing this? I, mean, I thought it was females. Um, but uh, I still didn't have the confidence to talk to other girls about it. Um, but there was a lot of, sh- you know, <laughs> just being from an ethnic background in a very white country, there's a lot of stuff I didn't speak about. Mm. So in a way, I thought, oh, girls do this, but I still didn't check. I was just like, I'm still going to keep it a secret because um, there's a lot of other secrets in my life as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually quite the opposite. I thought it was a Ugandan female thing, but again, where obviously I was living in Uganda... Um, I was just amongst other Ugandans and obviously like all the girls, apparently all the girls were doing it. Yeah. So you just accepted that, okay, every single girl does this and um, I have to do it as well. Yeah, but I think we got specifically told that, you know, a Muganda woman mm. needs to do 
so this it was a need time. not a want you had no choice mm. and you had you had to do and i remember that when we when we finally came to the uk i was so glad that i'd never had to do that ever again because i was like surely <laughs> in a white man's country <laughs> they're not gonna make me pull my freaking lab labias you know what i mean um little did you know i was I actually doing it, it. <laughs> Did you? Did you I got here and then I was told exactly the same thing. Yep. No. But I think it was coming from a different, you know, a higher somebody in the family who was obviously not a cousin. And I was just like, wait, what? Um, but I think being in the UK, I was more reluctant to do it. And I thought, like, you know what, however, haha, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, and that's how I think. <laughs> To be no honest, that's how I, I I'm escaped. in a white man's country now. Yeah. 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 That they kept mentioning it, but I was like, yeah. And I was like, but what's the reason? But also, I was maybe a little bit older. Um, and a bit more sassy, so you can ask more questions. Questions, like, like yeah. why is this really happening? What's the reason? But what I hated for many, many years is that no one actually told you what the reason were. And even us finding out that, oh, it was for the man's pleasure during sex. And, oh, if you don't do it, the man's going to leave you. I was, was I was like, do you know what? Let them go. Yes. And then yeah. obviously I'm you're much done. older when we found that out. Yeah, well. much older. And then um, obviously then the response would be, well, you know, you're going to be by yourself. You're going to, and I was like, I'm happy to be single because I don't want to be in that type of pain exactly. for a man's pleasure. Absolutely no way. And I remember for myself anyway, when I didn't have the reasoning, like you said, I had a lot of resentment towards my male cousins because I'd be there all summer and locked in this room. They had no idea what was going on. It's like I had this internal like anger towards them because i mm. knew they weren't going through it mm. i knew i could talk about it i think even being told the reason it wouldn't have made it less painful but it would have kind of dealt with a lot of those emotions like for me to understand what the, what the hell's going on yeah um but i remember a lot of rage in that yeah. period of my life because mm. i was just like i'm i'm being forced to do something i don't want to do mr Alkenga, that's actually quite sad the fact that you had to go through that by yourself because obviously mm. as you mentioned that we had each other even if we didn't directly talk about it, at least you had that that type of silent yeah. support. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, but yeah, no, but also, cooler, but also, like, we were in the same bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we see each other. You yeah. had the eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I remember, like, sometimes we'll try to get away with not actually doing and we'll just sit in the bathroom because we knew it hurt. It hurt. But then if my cousin then found out that we, you know, they would come and check at what length you had gotten her. And when they found out that so obviously weird. You, it hasn't moved, like it hasn't been got like... Then she would do it herself. Then she would do it. And then <laughs> it would hurt. What on earth? It's vaginal checks every day. You know what? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Check. to be Guys, as well. They check. I remember like vaguely the conversation coming up. It's like, oh, Daphne, it's going to be your turn soon. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, we'll see about that. I remember vaguely, and I do remember you guys had to go into Auntie's room. She would take you guys. And I remember thinking, oh my God, what's going on in there? Do you get what I mean? And then when I got here, I feel like someone told me about it. Mm -hmm. And then in my head, I was like, oh, hell no. Because <laughs> I was already in the UK. It's weird that my mentality just switched. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Otherwise, You're as like, a young I person... Rights. I have human rights. Yes. <laughs> as a young person, I would, I should have accepted it. I should have been like, yeah, it's going to happen to me, blah, blah, blah. But I do remember vague conversations, especially in UG, because I was coming up to nine and I was going to be 10. And then, yeah, once you have your period or whatever. But I remember just thinking, no, this is not happening when I got here because someone was telling me about it and I was like, it is not happening. I'm going to evade this as much as I can because it sounded horrific. Like, 
I don't even know how you guys even. Yeah. I can't even start to comprehend. Same. I know. I love also, guys, that English soil makes you all like, I can't pretend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of us were on English soil and were heavily brainwashed. Mr. Kang, I don't know what happened to you. I but really don't. This, is what <laughs> makes, this is what makes me think it's generational. Yeah. Because we are like cooler, Tanner and myself are of a similar generation, I guess. Yeah. And then that gap between Ida and Daphin seems like. I don't know. They got tired of teaching it. I don't know what happened. I, I didn't rebelliousness. But I do feel as though if I was in Uganda, I would have been through the same thing. You would yeah, have perhaps. no choice. Yeah, I would yeah. have no power. But mm-hmm. because I was on English soil, as you say, <laughs> it was different. English it was soil different. Was saving our pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it brought out a sassiness in me, some attitude. I was like, hell no. First of all, I don't even know you. So. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. No, I like, wish I had the attitude. I wish I'd done that. I actually remember conversations that being brought up when I came to the UK. Like, oh, okay, it's time. You know, you need to start thinking about doing that again because you've you've taken a bit of time away from it. And I was just thinking, what? But <laughs> do you think? <laughs> no. But do you think that you know when we when we were being asked to do it in you know what when what we when we came to the UK? Do you think the authority figures that were saying this to us had at some point realized that wait a minute this is actually brutal and there's no point no, to it no no i mean they would still that's say why they didn't they push guys today, yeah. that's why they didn't push otherwise maybe they would have pushed and pushed and pushed no, until we did it i think, they, it. Gave I I think, think they, they gave up, up. they did give yeah. up that may, actually i'm not sure i always think did i pull them long enough i think let's <laughs> <laughs> check right now they just get bored because I'm not sure because I don't know what it looked like before. I don't know what I think you guys were done. I think they hope that you continue to do it yourself, (laughs) but obviously, (laughs) it's like okay, let's get her on the train, let's start, you know, and then we hope she continues by herself. It doesn't happen. There's only so many times that you can say no before someone gives up. Mm -hmm. So if they probably had the same conversation over and over again, and where you're putting your foot down, like, sorry, I'm in England, I'm not doing that. So, um, Maybe. how do you think this works for girls in Uganda? Do you think they actually enjoy it and keep doing it? Of course not. I don't know. Like, um, or do they no, all rebel, like, and then you just, you know, the teaching stops? I'm I, trying to work that, that out because also there's a lot of boarding school culture. So, these older figures or cousins or older people who have that responsibility aren't always going to be around. So, they have to kind of trust that this girl in boarding school is going to do it on their own. So, it makes me think. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out, had we not moved here, would we just continue doing it ourselves? Yes, Miss Nalukenge, that, um, that's a good question. Um, but as you mentioned, for you, um, obviously you were doing it in the UK. And um, for some of us, we were doing it back home. Um, but I think the thing, what happens is once you've gotten it to a certain length, they trust that you continue doing it every single time you have your period. Because um, once you've gotten that length that that you're supposed to have, uh, it's low, it goes back slowly. It doesn't go back as fast as it would at the beginning because obviously you've already stretched out the muscle. And um, so they would expect that once you get every single time you get your period that you'll be doing it and they don't have to keep checking up on you. But I think that whole, th- basically the whole thing, you've already sort of done what they wanted you to do. And um, it's just sort of having like a checkup to uh, top up type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so they don't continue like pestering you about it once you've gotten it there. My question is just like, 
when does it end? Because I don't really understand. They expect you to do this for the rest of your life. Like, I think, is it at the point where they see that it's long enough and you're meant to be topping up? That's enough. And if you do more, great. Or, like, I don't really understand where it, this ends and how many years does it take? Like, what's going on? Um, I think it's up to you as the as the person if you want to continue sort of doing it after they've sort of left you alone. But um, <laughs> once it's going to that length, then um, they will leave you alone. They won't continue pestering you about to do it. But um, then, it, yeah, then it's up to you whether you want to like continue or not. But obviously, they would encourage you to do it every single time because I don't think anyone checks my cousins or or some or other people's. Um, after like you've, I think once you turn maybe 15 or something like that, they probably stop checking. That sounds like five <laughs> years. <laughs> five years. <laughs> I, do, I don't, I don't think it takes that. Well, actually, I don't know how long it takes, but it wouldn't take five years. But if you keep actively doing it, then, you know, it gets to a quarter of your pinky finger, then you're good. You're I want to ask a question. It might sound really awkward. Do you think that whoever set this up i don't know who freaking thought about this labia stuff but obviously it's a cultural practice so someone started it and it's it's a thing um do you think they think about our emotional capacity to deal with it that's why they pick that age because you know they could start pulling which sounds awkward at two years old one years old as a baby i don't know that does sound pretty gross but um they could start at any age yeah so it makes me think why just before your period or during your period? Because. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Do, do you think they even faction into the fact that, it, you know, we might be able to deal with it more at that age? No, I feel like it's like a coming of age thing. Mm. Like, close to your period, you're getting closer to the point where you'd have sexual feelings, sexual mm. interactions. Yeah. So that's why, like, preparing you to have sex, <laughs> that, that is, like, what it is. Whereas when you're, like, two years old, that that's just wild no. the whole thing is wild to be honest i don't even know yeah, why i'm saying it. it's more crazy to do it to a two-year-old but i do think like it is about preparing you to be a woman that's yeah. why they pick that age mm-hmm. i don't think it's about yeah. whether or not you'll cry or like yeah um i think i also had that there's some people that are already blessed and they've already got it like it's already oh, i love that you said bless. <laughs> yeah, they're blessed because they don't have to do it because they, yeah. yeah. they don't have to do yeah. it that's it i don't know how you can sort of be born with it with no your but life. everyone's vagina is different yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. some people have got them yeah exactly so obviously those people didn't have to do it <laughs> some of us and to-, to our listeners don't get us wrong like we are laughing about this it's light-hearted now but we didn't really reconcile the idea of what was happening to us at that time to be, you know, what we heard of as FGM now. Like, those things didn't even come into my head. Even us discussing it has only happened in the last few years. Mm. So that's just, like, a heads up. We're not taking it completely lightheartedly, but, you know, you have to laugh when things are extremely painful. Um, <laughs> it's the only way to deal with things. I also think it's really strange how far removed we are. Like, I only found out about you guys, and I... And like quite recently, and also at the time when it was happening to you, for example, Anne, I was at the house. It's like I was there for those yeah. interactions, but I had no. I find out in my twenties maybe mm. that this was even happening to you guys. So it's so mm. strange how like the secretive nature of it is like really bizarre to me, and that's what makes me th- understand that they know it's wrong. Like that, it, it's just not an open thing. Whereas we know, for example, you have to wear a pad when you get your period. Mm. Like, yeah. that is a fact. It's not embarrassing. Mm. It's not something that's hidden. They advertise but it on is. TV. So yeah, this not. is. So that's why it makes me mm. feel like it's, they, to an extent, they know it's wrong. 
I don't know if I agree that they know it's wrong. I think it's just something that you need to keep hush hush because yeah, it's, I agree with it's, that. It's, yeah. Just like how our parents don't like us saying vagina. You know, <laughs> that's something, you know, you kind of have to keep, you're a woman, just keep that to yourself kind of thing. I don't think they think it's wrong. I it's but I do well. think everything you keep to yourself, there's a reason. that You don't keep it to yourself just because you just keep it to yourself. Otherwise, you, like, for example, orgasms and stuff like that could be mm. a thing that you keep to yourself. Mm. Like, no, but do they understand that? But I think that? you're putting on your UK hat. That's the one thing I yeah. want to call you out for. Because... My only hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't... They're not doing it to be secretive. It's just like in, in ethnic cultures, there are things that mm-hmm. aren't talked about. And mm-hmm. even though you can see period advertisements on the TV, doesn't mean everyone's out here talking about their period mm-hmm. yeah. at all. Or sex. When have we sat down with our aunties and talked about sex? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Even though they all know, you know, if you've got pregnant, Every- they'll be congratulating you for having that baby. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to know how you did it. Yeah. yeah. They know how you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I agree with you, Miss um, King, on that. Um, I think the question in my head that I've got is, did my parents know about this? Did they agree to this? Because mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, I was I was in the U I was in Uganda. They were in the UK somewhere, somehow. Someone's having a conversation and mm, agreeing to exactly. this because yeah. there's no way they would have done it if my mom had not agreed to Cooler. it. Would they know? They've done <laughs> yeah, it. They've they done it. They know. They've done it. They know. Why would she want to do that to her baby? <laughs> I was they in the UK. It. They must have known. They know. Yeah. Also, uh, Miss Nel- No Ida, going back to your question, I think it was you that asked. Um, why it's kept secret. I completely, I, I have exactly the same question because when we were doing it, the girls knew, but obviously Daphne, who was younger, didn't know. But also we had a male cousin and he was not at any point allowed to know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Even though I think, I think the boys eventually found out because we were always locked away at certain times of the day for hours. And I think they say like, seeking out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Eventually they found out, but... I think they were also quite young, so they didn't know what to do with it. They were like, ha ha, blah, blah, blah. That's it. Yeah. I think when I came to the UK, I just started telling everybody that would listen. <laughs> yes! <laughs> well, mainly, obviously, Ugandan boys, because obviously they would probably sort of not understand, but maybe they would know what I'm talking about, because obviously I'm sure they had their screams from their siblings. But I was just ready to tell. I'm like, did you know about this? Did you yeah. know that's what happened? A lot to of us? them don't know. They don't know. Trust me, I've had Why this are we conversation. Why these male ears? Like, what are they gonna do I'm when not, they find out? No. Also, sorry, it's for them. This is mm-hmm. actually <laughs> that is the most bizarre. Even <laughs> till this day, that I went through this pain for male pleasure. Are you kidding me? I did have an experience in on a Ugandan club night when I was in my early twenties or like just at uni where I realised that some guys didn't know about it and they were almost intrigued and turned on to find out, like... I don't know if I hinted it, but I don't know how the conversation got there, basically. But they were intrigued and excited to find out that I'd done that, and it almost made me a hot commodity, which was the weirdest thing, because this is something that had obviously happened five, six years ago in my life, so I'd, I'd moved on from it. But seeing this person, like, getting so turned on to hear that I'd been pulling, I was like, this is mad, like... Is this a thing? Like, do Ugandan men, you know, think it's like some unique sexy it, it thing? Depends, I don't know. It depends on whether these men that you met at the club are, you know, still, I don't know how to say it, but if they haven't been westernized, then they will think it's amazing, blah, blah, blah. They'll be intrigued and stuff. Because I have spoken to Ugandan men who are like, this is disgusting. Do you get mm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's not all of them. But don't you think it's like one of those things, like if someone, I don't want to say if someone has big boobs or whatever, it's like, 
it's it's enticing because not everyone has it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about being Western or not. Mm. It's like hearing this thing that you've not heard of before. It makes it yeah. like almost like yeah. I think it depends. Here. I think it depends on your mentality. Like as a man, um, I'm not speaking for a man, but you should automatically think no because this is something that inflicts pain on a little child you should just say no that that's actually not right but if you find it enticing then i'm sorry (laughs) what is wrong with you but then i imagine you're being told um obviously from the male perspective they'll just Mm -hmm. be told that obviously girls are doing this thing and the sole purpose of it is to sort of like entice you and like make the sex more pleasurable so um any sort of like you don't really have the visual of what exactly is going it's going what exactly is happening to the other person you will be excited about it you'll be thinking oh really i completely um, agree let me let me try it let me see what what the fuss is about i also I, think that like they don't um first of all they don't do a rewind and understand that it was a child and when it mm-hmm. happened but it's also already done now yeah so for them it's just like i've been told this makes it better it's like i don't know a dick that rotates or something <laughs> you know you, i've been told this makes it better um, so why would you not try it if you never had it? Like, I, I get why they would be intrigued. Yes, it's a horrible practice and the whole thing is awful, but when you're told that, I think it's weird not to want to see. Yeah. yeah. It's like the myth people have about tongue piercings, like a girl having a tongue piercing and then going down on someone or something like that or performing anything with their tongue. It becomes like, ooh, I wonder what that's like because yeah. it's so different. Yeah. I've actually been asked, um, now that I think back and remember when I had just come to the UK, but obviously of age, around like 18, 20, blah, blah, whatever. Um, I actually was asked by a Ugandan guy um, on a night out if, I've, if I had done my pulling. <laughs> wow. What kind of child Have lies? you done your pulling? It's my know. question. That is not a pick-up line. Right. No, no, it was after we had a proper conversation and um, we're getting along. And obviously we're flying. <laughs> Are you gonna slide the I'm sorry. Have you done your hourly thing? I'm sorry. I'm like, what, what's where, what century are we in? Are we back in Uganda? Like, <laughs> I was actually so baffled. Like that turned me off completely because I was just like, you're disgusting. This is why I'm saying that I don't think men should be enticed by it. I still stand by that point. That yeah, but it's, it's like not something to be pleasured. by. I'm sorry, no. Yeah, they shouldn't, but, you know, everyone has their own, you know, weird things. Exactly. And the comparison that you did, Mr. Lukinga, about the tank piercing being, you know, ooh, yeah. Um, that's a choice that someone made to mm. get their tank pierced. Yeah. This is not a choice that I made. I was forced True. to do it. So, no, it's not enticing. It should not be enticing. But I look at it from the other person's perspective. Like, if you meet someone who has already done it, like I, I just said... Mm you are enticed because yeah. you don't hear no backstory. You're not yeah. emotionally connected to yes. how they got there. You just think, mm, long labias. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> also, considering they ask you, have you done your pulling? They're assuming you do it to yourself. Yeah. So it's like, Correct. it's almost like to a guy, it might feel like a choice. I know that they're not, in, not directly in our shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not actually even my shoes because I haven't had it, but like, that's how you would see it. The fact that they would talk to you casually about it. Yeah. So they're not deeping the actual trauma of the whole situation. Now that we're on the subject of men, and I know I touched upon the definition of FGM and it not being for medical purposes, I think about the fact that men have to get, not have to, mm-hmm. in a lot of ethnic cultures, it, men get circumcised. Yeah. Mm. I just want to put the question to everyone here. Would you consider that to be in the definition of FGM or to be a yes. form of it? Yes. I mean, I understand the reasons why and like the safety precautions and some of the religious reasons behind it. But it is that. 
Yeah, and kids don't get a choice. And mm. also, some men when they have not done it, they're also fine. Like, mm. yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah, exactly. it. Exactly, so it's not medical. They had it behind the medical. Oh, okay, they you need it, but mm. really and truly, there's some men that have not done it and they're still okay. Mm. So yeah, I would agree. I think he is also. A Wait, fault. so are you saying that in Uganda men have to? No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm, oh. I'm saying in not. ethnic cultures, and yes, it happens. It happens a lot in Uganda, yeah. yeah. But, I'm just but they have a choice, what you think. right? No, they no, don't. It happens. They don't exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you're saying in Uganda, men have to ha- have to be it's, circumcised. No, they don't have on to. The family, There's a difference. Oh. You know yeah. what? So it's not a cultural practice, would you say? I would say it's an no. ethnic cultural practice, it yes. Is, yeah. It is. It happens more often than not. There's a lot of black men. I cannot dictate for every family, is what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So... You can be a Ugandan man in Uganda who's not circumcised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can, but, but I the, feel the like it happens like us at a young age. So, yeah. but it's already happened to you. Like by mm. the time we could think about, oh, what was going on? We're too old. It's happened. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I, I guess what I'm just trying to establish is you can't be a Ugandan woman in Uganda without long labias. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the difference. Yeah, that is the difference. I swear. I think. Again, yeah, again. you're absolutely right. I think with circumcision, yeah, it is a form of FGM. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's not FGM. It is. It is. In my opinion, it's FGM. It is because MGM is female. Oh yeah, right. MGM. 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 Because A, they don't get a choice because it's done when they're a baby. There are some men where it's done when they're older and they get to choose. Um, but I still think it's not as extreme. Yeah. When it because. With women, you have to do, and when you haven't done it, other women get to judge you. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas with men, you know, whatever, it depends on someone's preference. And also, with the men, it's just a one-time snip. Literally, snip, that. Snip. yeah, exactly. And for the women, and they're done five when it's years, a baby. whatever. You're no, a baby. No, you don't remember anything. Not always when you're a baby. Yeah, well, not always when you're a baby, but in I would like to think in the majority of cases, they still when someone's a baby. So. Yeah. They don't I feel the pain as much. Pain. Yeah. Whereas when I'm 10 years old, I know what that pain feels like. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. There's a difference. And I don't think people should... My my points with circumcision, like if I had a boy, I'll probably do it because for health reasons, I, I don't even think that's true because people are still clean. Yeah. Honestly, clean with yeah. or without circumcision, people yeah. are still... It's to, take care of yourself. <laughs> Basic science. Wash. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's more of probably from my religious point of view. For mm-hmm. me, yeah. Um, but yes, at the end of the day, it's still genitalia mutilation. Mm-hmm. So as we've been talking, I've been thinking about this, and we discussed a lot of things. You know, pulling in its most innocent form. You know, when you come over to the UK, it's some sort of genital mutilation, um, circumcision, all of these things. I was thinking about the fact that they are predominantly ethnic or religious practices. Um, and I kind of want to put it on the table that a lot of the time, ethnic cultural practices, I'm not saying I agree with pulling or any mutilation, or anything like that. Um, a lot of ethnic practices, when they look through a Western eye, are seen as unfamiliar and wrong. And I guess I want to dial it back to something as easy as wearing a burqa. You know, that's seen as, from a Western eye, as an infringement of someone's human rights. Mm. I'm not saying all women want to have their labias pulled. But from a cultural perspective, maybe it's something that they're like, you know, this is my culture. Um, and actually, it's okay and I want to do it. 
but I think from the Western eye, that will always be seen as something wrong mm. because they see it as you don't have a choice and you're not choosing it. But some people do choose it. But so I guess my point is that uh, it's because I'm thinking of the Berker example that sometimes the Western perspective does run with that and does make a lot of socially acceptable practices in that ethnic country completely unacceptable. Burka case in point. I really can't say the same for pulling because I don't agree with it, so it's kind of hard for me to run with that, but I'm just putting that to the group. Yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of like the Western eye shifting things to make like the unfamiliar wrong. But I do agree. Um, my Western cap's back on. <laughs> Firmly on. Um, I do agree with it when it's like infringed on children. Even like, I'm not going to say... I'm not comparing the Burke example, but if you were telling a child what to do, they don't have that choice. Do you know what I mean? But you could so, tell a child to wear a burqa. Yeah, I know. And not explain to them yeah, why. Yeah, but then I'm not saying there's anything wrong with... I don't want to open up a burqa debate. I know. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, that child is being made to wear the burqa. The child is not making the act of choice. And actually, in a lot of cases, people do choose. They don't wear it when they're little. And then when they're like 13, they're like, I actually yeah. want to, because I'm actually religious on my own now. Mm-hmm. I'm not just being told, you know, what... I'm not being told the religion. I'm engaging in it. And that's the difference when someone chooses to wear like a hijab or whatever. That's completely different. And that's what I'm saying with the pulling and all that stuff. I'm sure there are people who are like, I want to do this for a man. And that's great. Yeah. But they should do it when they're an adult then. Yeah. yeah, I understand that point. I just think a lot of ethnic cultural practices happen at a young age. Like we're not, they're not explained to us. That's why we can have all these interesting debates about even why we shake our bums or whatever, like, and why we dance the way we do. We're taught it and we're told, just do this. But there's a difference between being taught it and being forced it. This is something that people are held down to do, whereas dancing is encouraged. Yeah. It's very different. Very true. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of weird things. Like when I think about um, in the UK, for example, I think this is a lot like to do with toxic masculinity. Um, showing affection between like two males is seen as like a gay like you're gay or you're in a relationship like Mm -hmm. guys don't really even hug whereas in uganda even though it's really a homophobic country and like i don't even say that lightly um they like guys walk around holding hands and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like the differences are so massive and i I actually find that so strange Mm -hmm. i think um in uganda it's more about what you do behind the doors doors. (laughs) it's more about the actual act than you know what you're doing in public i don't think they see the things like hugging men men hugging men as you know being homosexual or holding hands you know that kind of thing i don't think they think about it that way but that brings me to the question where it's like what do they consider like intimate in terms of PDA? What would they consider PDA? That's what I don't get. Like, do you have to be fully almost sleeping with someone for it to be like, don't do that? I think the actual act of like kissing someone in public, like um, any type of, how do I, because obviously holding hands is very innocent. You do it as mm-hmm. a child and you hug someone else as a child. It's I think things that you would do as an adult. Like yeah, like I'm like kissing. If you're doing that in public, obviously that would be considered as PDA. But all these other things that you would do as a little as a child, they probably take those lightly. But why is that a big deal here? Like yeah, guys don't even UK? put their arms around each other. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> hands it's a big deal. It's like what's going on there is what people think. Um, I get. I think where it's like um you're going to wear the sort of like put this bun on like no one can be like um 
homosexual. No, no one can be like you know, um, gay. Um, they don't. They wouldn't. They don't see that as um, them sort of like trying. So it's almost like they can't fathom that it's actually yeah, happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. In their eyes, it's not even a possibility. It's a bit of naivety. Yes. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Cultural <laughs> naivety. Yeah. But then, so does that mean in the UK they just think it's always going to happen? Yes. The minute because, you hold hands, yeah. no, because it's, it, it's jump on each other. Thing. Yeah, it's an accepted thing. Like the LGBTQ community, not that they're completely accepted. I know it's still like a long journey, but I do think that that's within the realm. You're, if you if you see it from afar, you might think. Oh, they're together. Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. Whereas, that's, in, whereas in Uganda, yeah, it's, it's a little it's bit seen different. as the norm. Like it's um, okay to do that. But that's a really interesting question that you raised, Ida. Um, but I wonder whether that's actually still the case now, because what we are actually talking about is based on when the last time we went to Uganda, and you know, it's been a few years since. Um, with you know, in the world that we live in today. Um, you, I wonder whether in Uganda it's still okay or innocent to hold hands because the hate for homosexuality, um, even holding hands may never be, may not be innocent anymore. So I'm just wondering. I feel like it would be the same because uh, um, all like the ignorance towards homosexuality is, has been there since like the beginning of time Mm -hmm. and that's not changed. There's no laws are accepting it. Nothing's changed in that realm. Um, so I think it's still seen as something where you're bewitched or trying to convert people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like until that moves, the other things won't move because no one's expecting anyone to be gay. And then when yeah. you are, you get killed. So it's yeah. like not a norm in any way. Um, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that that whole ignorance has been solidified in legislation. Like there is going to be legal action against you. Like That's why you, something could happen to you if you're gay. A few years ago, literally, they said it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. So there I'm has saying been a there's shift. no no, I'm saying there's no legislation that empowers the LGBT community. Oh, Not, I see. No. There's no legislation against it. That's <laughs> definitely there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And also, have you guys thought about how they don't use the word gay so flippant? Like yeah. People mm-hmm. do here in the Western That's a good point. community. I, I don't really know why they don't, you know. I guess the way it was it's probably the I think that's actually a good thing cuz People use it yeah, to describe something negatively. So mm. it was like used as almost like a slur, I think, mm. in the UK before people were accepting. Um, people use it. It's always like a negative thing. Mm. Um, and it's actually quite good that we don't have that. Yeah. But it is, it is weird. I know what you mean. Like That's just yeah. not in their vocabulary. And maybe yeah, they mean happy. All. The actual meaning. They, they, yeah. Maybe it would mean that. That's <laughs> why it brings me back to think that being gay is just the act. Like, mm. if they see you doing the act, that's when you have, you know, some legal action against you. But if you're quite feminine or, you know, or whatever, you're holding mm. hands, blah, 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 you're not going to get arrested. Yeah. yeah. But it makes me, when I'm hearing this debate, it makes me think that the UK is presenting itself as accepting something because all these small things that actually shouldn't mean anything. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't become know something bigger. This. Like even yeah. saying the word like, oh, that's so gay. It's negative. Holding hands. It's almost like no one's saying. It's almost like this you holding hands, but. The fact that you could be gay, I don't think it's perceived to be positive. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, like so it's weird that we know we accept it, but we don't. Yeah, yes. exactly. So in Uganda, we know for a fact. Yes. That's yeah. Fine. That's not happening. Yeah. But here, it's like you're presenting yourself as someone's as a, a very accepting country. But mm. any little thing you do that's even remotely mm-hmm. homosexual, 
it's not okay and everyone's looking at you like what are you doing there or mm. what does she mean by that or what guys do you mean? the phrase no homo i'm like yeah. why are you saying yeah, that? yeah. yeah. Like, it's actually time. outrageous like it's a huge phrase we... that so in terms of our discussion of what's acceptable and unacceptable i really thought we'd be talking about the fact that the uk is so accepting and uganda's not mm. in terms of the lgbtq community but I'm kind of torn now. Yeah. I just don't know what to yeah. say. We just it? found out on the mic. Yeah. 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 No, it's just that all these like small gestures that people do are now in the UK taken out of context. Like, mm. oh, you're automatically labelled as, oh, they must be gay. They must be a couple. Yeah. But you could just be friends that mm. generally actually care and love for each other. Mm. So, yeah, I get what you mean, Miss Nalukinga, that it's now in your question. Um, Whether we actually do accept homosexuality. Yeah. But it took them a long time to even get the marriage thing done. So that Too just long. makes me think that we're still there. Um, yeah, I can acknowledge, though, that in the UK, we are miles ahead. Um, the fact that more people than not can recognise that sexuality is fluid, that gender identities are non-binary. I think that's a, those terms don't even exist in the Ugandan English dictionary. Like They don't even know that to be a thing. Homosexuality in itself still seem to be foreign um like even the fact that the the community umbrella the lgbtq plus term exists here and that people from those communities can be represented in that term um you know ugandans don't have that even people older generations who live in the uk are still struggling to understand what that could mean um there's a long way to go for people who live there and even who live here who are Ugandans because it's not culturally familiar and in some sense, yeah, it's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah like you can even see it in our families, like the mass doesn't add up. Mm. Yeah. There can't be <laughs> nobody gay or like yeah. part of the LGBTQ You've got like over plus 100 community. cousins, yeah? Mm. Beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this discussion has given us a lot of food for thought and maybe it's not as simple as separating things as acceptable or unacceptable. Because if we look back in the past in the UK, being homosexual was very unacceptable. Maybe it's it's a passing of time that things will become acceptable at some point. I don't know when Uganda will get there with these terms, non-binary, LGBTQ+, but perhaps it is that they will get there much later than the UK got there. Um, and maybe it's not as easy as, it's not as black and white as acceptable or unacceptable cultural practices. Either way, I hope this has given you all something to think about and giving you a bit of insight in terms of our Ugandan practices and what we've understood being stuck in the middle of both cultures. I hope you've all enjoyed this listening to this episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.